wisest of people know the best ways to relax, refresh, renew, refuel, and recharge. Hit that reset button now. It's time for the Grass Wagon Revival. The Grass Wagon Revival right here on the bluegrassjamboree.com radio station of the year spigma 2024 and i have a surprise guest today here on the grass wagon revival i want to let you know we are happy to welcome to this show today ernie evans of evans media source and they are the 2024 promoter of the year with spigma how are you doing today ernie I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me, and congratulations to you guys, too. It's exciting. Oh, I appreciate it, and I, I am so happy for you. Let me just tell the folks, if they if you've never been to an Evans Media Source Festival, uh, it's the last stop right before heaven. It is It is absolute perfection i've been to them here in florida up in north carolina congratulations to you and your wife debbie on a great on a great job Uh, but listen we know it just it didn't start yesterday now did it uh no it didn't (laughs) tell us tell us a little bit for those that don't know about evans media source ernie tell us uh, a little bit about the beginnings the early days how it started you know, it, it, we actually started out as a, bro- a broadcast company, and we were uh, we had three radio shows. We had two terrestrial shows and an internet radio show, and we were doing that kind of as a hobby. At the same time, we were doing some bluegrass festivals. We were dabbling some things as, as a hobby, and when the bluegrass festivals took off, it started occupying way more of our time. At the same time, we, we were also touring um, and we were touring nationally and internationally. And, and so the bluegrass festivals were, you know, I think a lot of people think that that's going to be their retirement package. And I thought that same thing, but, um, mm-hmm. but really it's a labor of love, just like every sector of the market really is. If you're really into it. And, um, but we did that for, Man, we started almost 30 years ago with this project. and We went full-time where we completely stopped doing everything. Back around 2007, we were still doing some radio, but now the majority of our business was festivals, but obviously we hit um, a recession. Mm -hmm. So that was a tremendous setback, and there were our hopes and dreams of retiring. But we didn't give up. Um, I was also working a corporate job at the time, and trying to fund my bluegrass habit and mm-hmm. um, but it's been um it's been a challenge but we've you know, persevered and we kept going and and then around four years ago four and a half years ago i got a phone call from norman adams who was just you know, one of the leading bluegrass promoters in, in the country for many many years and announced he was going to retire right and ask if he could take the company over and we said we told him no we couldn't and uh we said, we don't have the money to do that. He said, well, if you come and talk to me, I'd, I'd really like you to do it. He said, we've been watching you guys, and um, you guys remind, you, remind me a lot of us when we were your age, and I'd like to help you. So we worked a deal out that, that worked out, and um, we were just you know dancing on the clouds, as happy as could be, high-fiving, and we're back in the game, and then COVID hit. And the end, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we fell off that ladder one more time. Do we dare get back up it? 
and uh, we just said, you know what, we're going to just we're going to stay in it. Yeah, we're going to just put everything we've got. Um, we've been very, very blessed. I, I, I'm extremely blessed to have Debbie Evans, my wife, with me because she's right there next to me the whole time. Yes, uh, we're blessed with a great team. Um, our, our whole team that works these festivals is right. just works with pride. And I just told them recently that you know they, they work through times where it's just freezing cold and you know it dips into the 30s and mm-hmm. they it's you know close to 100 degrees or rain and. And they just get out there and smile, make sure every customer's smiling. So that's kept us in business. And yeah. today, um, you know, I don't know how you measure it, but at this point we have more festivals than anybody else, but I don't know if that makes us smarter. <laughs> just, yeah. just a number. We still enjoy it. We work really hard. We work seven days a week. And uh, I'm, in fact, I'm up here in North Carolina right now. Uh-huh. Uh, making rounds up here. I'm in camping world in Marion and headed to Cherokee right after that. And, uh, you know, I left a recording session last night. And, uh, so this is, you know, we eat, sleep and breathe it, but that's, that's our story about our festival business yeah. and where we're at today. And uh, I would, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Right. Well, one thing I, I've observed about you and Debbie, and I really appreciate this, uh, you know, the old mantra of if it's not broke, don't fix it. But you guys, yeah. honest to goodness, I, you can, uh, one of your festivals can conclude, and I'm, I'm serious, before you even get in the car to pack up and leave, you're already trying to make the next one better. And it's almost like if it ain't broke, break it and let's make it better next time. How, uh, how did you arrive at that approach of always stretching, always trying to be innovative instead of getting comfortable and resting on your past achievements? You know, I, I was inspired real early um, after taking a cruise and you get on a cruise ship and there's a cruise director and there's activities planned all day. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, you can go to a Broadway show or go to the Lido deck and watch the Harry chess contest. I mean, there was just always something going on. And one day we ran a camping special at a festival and, and, uh, we said, you buy, buy four nights of camping, get the fifth night free. Well, but you had to take a, a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So people came in on Tuesday, they flocked in for that free night and then crickets were chirping. There was nothing going on. And we figured they would just jam. There wasn't enough happening. So, and this was very, very early on. And we were like, we've got to keep these guys busy. They're going to get bored and, and not even accept free. So we said, well, we can't afford a band or, or live entertainment. So let's do, this was Debbie's idea. She said, but let's show movies. We'll make popcorn and, you know, we'll uh, serve sweet tea while people are watching the movies. And we did that. So people jammed, hung out, and they came in for the movies. And we showed movies like Coal Miner's Daughter and things that were related to music that we thought they would connect with. And right. um, some of uh, Ronnie Reno's Old Time Music Hour. And and so we, we did things like that. Uh, we added bingo. We bought a big bingo set. And so we figured we're just going to keep them busy. And we... Uh, had a thing that was called when Facebook was just starting to come out. We wanted to educate everybody on Facebook because we figured this was going to be a great way to keep them engaged with what we do. So we started a session called face to Facebook where people would meet and bring their computers and, and we would sit down, teach them how to use it, how to make photo albums and how to receive our flyers without having to mail them. 
Davis stamp. So we did a lot of things like that to keep him busy. That kept going, and it soon transferred over to okay, what's going on? What what are what are the trends like in bluegrass, and where where's it going? How are we going to get new customers? Mm-hmm. Because you can either keep going to bluegrass festivals and milk the same out of the same bucket, or you can go to other places, promote bluegrass, and bring new faces into bluegrass, like. 90% of the people that come to festivals, they, they didn't listen to it all their life in Florida. That may be different in Kentucky, but it's not like that in Florida. So, mm-hmm. you know, something attracted them there. And so we started bringing in a country band here and there that would bring the general public in. We noticed that they could bring people four miles away that knew bluegrass was there for 20 years and had no interest. In it. But all of a sudden they came to the door and they found out what most people find out. You love bluegrass. You just don't know it right. until you get. In front of it. You, you live with a stereotypical um, description of what bluegrass is, but you got to get people in front of it. Yeah. And the light bulb went off. It's like you know, sometimes bluegrass isn't what's going to get somebody in front of bluegrass. And I, I'd venture to say that that that's probably the majority of the time. It's not bluegrass that's going to put it, bring a new listener, and at least put them in front of it. Once you get in front of a good bluegrass group. I watch people having a great time at a, around a campfire in a campground, you're hooked. Very few people survive that. I mean, they, they're hooked. And that's what did it for me at 12 years old. I wow. hated bluegrass. Yeah. My, I'm a third-generation bluegrass, uh, well, a third-generation banjo player. Yeah. My grandfather played, my dad did. I hated it. <laughs> and uh, But at 12 years old, uh, I went to my first festival. Uh, I, I decided this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. Of course, I thought I was going to be a star, not a promoter, but yeah. <laughs> things change when you get old. But uh, anyway, that, that, that's really what it is. So it's a constant evolution. Um, we have brought a lot of new people, yes. a lot of new people. I wish I had an accurate capture rate, yeah. but I can tell you that it changed after COVID. It just like stepped on the gas as far as like new people who had never been. There were people seeing our ads that just bought a camper saying, I don't know anything about bluegrass, but it just looks something looks like something fun to do. Yeah. And that, that hence that changed how we design our flyers today. Um, we made our flyers so it would attract the general public, not not the bluegrass person. They sure. know who we are. Sure. And and so that's helped bring new people in. So it's a constant evolution. Two years from now, maybe a completely different strategy, yeah, but the, yeah. the the objective is the same. Well, you know, when I hear you talk, Ernie, and spending time with you uh, the last few years, I know you are open-minded uh, to a lot of things. Uh, are, are there any words of wisdom you could share with our listeners today about embracing the new embracing the young artists, the new artists, the embracing the different uh, deliveries of music. I mean, I, there's great music out there. We have to keep it going. We have to keep it uh, alive. In, any uh, insight on that, Ernie? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very popular subject and one that probably started the most fights in Lucas I've ever seen. has to hold a yeah. world record for that. You know, but I, I'm open-minded about music because I love all music um i've recently had a conversation with jason burleson of blue highway and we're both huge borelli legrin fans which is a jangle reinhardt prodigy check him out if you get a chance but he's an amazing guitar player and he flat picks i mean just like 
Doc Watson, Tony Rice, and everybody, but it's a whole different genre of flat picking acoustic guitar. But the ideas are amazing. So we, we love those things. But I think the people, you know, we do have someone say, well, that's not bluegrass. And the problem with that is, is that it's not bluegrass to them. They don't have to like them. You don't have to buy that record. But if you want your brand of bluegrass to be around, whether it's progressive or traditional, you're going to have to embrace the other so it can be around. There's not one flavor for everybody. Um, and, and it's amazing to see where some of these young kids have taken the music now. And if you want the next Earl Scruggs and you want the next Bill Monroe and you want the next Don Reno or Ralph Stanley, it's not going to come from trying to trap people into that world and only accepting that thing. You have to let an artist be an artist. Right. We don't know who the next Earl Scruggs is. He could be no. 11 years old sitting in the classroom right now. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and you have to support what those new ideas are. Now, that next Earl Scruggs isn't going to sound like Earl at all. But, but when I say that, mm-hmm. that's being innovative like Earl and taking this music. But if this music's going to be around in the next 50, 60 years, you have to let it evolve. There's always going to be groups that are going to preserve the real traditional hardcore sound. They're always going to be around. Yeah. It, it won't be the majority of them, but they'll always be around. And, and so that's not going to go anywhere. But the days of going to a festival and hearing all strictly traditional bands, I, I mean, it's on the endangered species list. It yeah. just is. It's very difficult for a promoter to make a living that way. We've lost four maybe five festivals in Georgia that were strictly traditional bluegrass festivals. Right. And I, I spent a lot of time in there. I love those festivals and I, and I miss them. They were very successful. 25, 30 year running shows mm-hmm. had uh, somebody, you know, promoting those had passion and had great bands. And I have wonderful memories there, but they're gone. I mean, yeah. they are gone. So, you know, I, I think we've got to embrace it. Bluegrass, when you say bluegrass music, when we talk about progressive, there is a ceiling there mm-hmm. where they break away and wound up and wind up in the jam band circuit. So they're completely out of that circuit altogether. You got Billy Strings out there playing, and Billy's making people more aware of bluegrass music, although those aren't people you're going to see at a bluegrass festival because where are they at? I mean, he's right. the guy's entertaining me you know, hundreds of thousands of people. It's, a, it's unbelievable what he's done. And, and I think it's incredible that a young kid can still look at that and say, man, I could still be, uh, I could be a banjo player and be a rock star. So it gives hope there, but you've, you've got to let these people get out there and bulldoze and, and, and pave the way and you've got to support them. Again, you don't have to, nobody's saying you have to like them more than the Stanley brothers. You can like them both. Yeah. But the, as far as the artists go, let them take that music and go with that. These are creative minds that, that are doing it. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're a fan of Tommy Emanuel. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. T- Tommy's an incredible flat picker, fingerstyle picker. He does it all. He loves bluegrass music. Right. And Tommy, he, he sheds light on this subject probably better than anybody I've, I've ever heard. And he talks about pickers and artists and people who learn to play an instrument and, and you're, you're a great singer. So you know that if you spent your career singing and trying to imitate somebody, that wouldn't make you an artist. Mm-hmm. You're, you're an artist because of your innovation. You have your own voice. You do, you've got 
you know what direction you're going with it. You're, you're cutting the path. Right. Tommy says that there's great pickers that are out there, but they can't, they don't have any versatility. An artist gives a song what it needs and, and it has vision and, and it's a constant evolution. And, um, we, we need that in bluegrass. That, that's what made bluegrass. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joe Monroe wasn't copying anybody. He learned from Arnold Schultz, who was a black blues player. He credits for a lot of the things that he did. Mm-hmm. But all these uh, first-generation guys, they were all very, very innovative. They're so unique. So we have to have that same mindset they had. And that was, I'm going to do something different. And they didn't have anybody to copy. Yeah. They had to be innovative, so... That's just kind of my take. I mean, it's something going for yeah. a while. I'll stop there, but I, I, love, I do embrace it all, and, and, and we'll share it all. Yeah, I, I love the innovative approach there. I was reading an article yesterday. Uh, somebody made a comment about uh, guitars, plugging in guitars and preamps versus using a microphone, and then somebody mentioned, yeah, I remember when festivals didn't allow bass guitar amps, and yeah, I remember, and it's like all these changes that have come to bluegrass and live performance uh if you don't have a uh, an open approach to that you you will it will become stale and and i love your festivals in the fact that over a seven or eight hour day you can hear five or six bands that are all entertaining completely unique and different and you see 80-year-olds and 20-year-olds in the audience just loving every minute. So kudos to you and Debbie, a job well done on just being innovative and uh, well-deserved Spigma Award. Uh, I wish you would have been in Nashville, I'm telling you. Uh, It it was just an incredible time. You've been to Spigma before, I'm sure? Yeah. It, it, it was my first time, and I tell you, it was such an eye-opening, epic experience. Hey, Ernie, tell us uh, tell us what's on the horizon. Uh, here we are, uh, what, February 1st. Tell us what's going on, uh, not just in the great state of Florida, but uh, all the other places uh, with your festivals. Well, we're right in the middle of our what we call our busy season, um, which is in Florida. We take advantage of the warm months during the winter down here, and um, we have but an average of two festivals every week. Plus we're doing city festivals and that kind of thing. Um, we're on the heels of the Palatka bluegrass festival. We've got Del McCurry, a big group of great artists coming. And then the next week we have another one, like right after that at Florida classic, where we mix in classic cars and play off of that with the Gibson brothers around events at Malpass brothers and a group called exile. Um, and there's several more that, that I haven't mentioned. But while we're on the heels of that, getting ready to go on that, I'm in North Carolina. We're going to race it around for a couple of days because I'm excited about what's getting ready to happen up here um, in Cherokee, North Carolina, and in Marion. Um, we have three festivals up here during the summer because that's where our customers go. When it, when it gets hot, they come to the mountains and chill out up here. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. As you know, you've been up here before. So, We've got quite a bit happening. Um, we've decided in North Carolina that rather than do hybrid type festivals where we bring in other genres of music, that we separated uh, one that's coming up in uh, at Camping World in Marion, 
where the week before you come, it's old classic country. The next week is all bluegrass. And so people that like both can come for both weeks. Oh, that's great. People that don't like both can just come to that week. You'd be amazed how many come to both um, because they can come and hear music of, well, Lee Greenwood will be here with us and mm-hmm. we just had him and black it. Oh my God, what a yeah. show that guy put on. Yeah. Um, but he'll be here the week before. The show is hosted by the Malpass Brothers who, who would have thought that one of the most popular bluegrass acts, it's certainly in the top three or four, would not be a bluegrass band. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it, it's really amazing what these boys have done. But <laughs> yeah. they're playing music that half the bluegrass bands are playing didn't even know it came from the Lubin brothers, and the right. Delmore brothers, and that kind of thing. And, and and think of like some of the pioneers, like Jim and Jesse. I mean, they made a living on that kind of music. Well, they're playing the, the style that Jim and Jesse were listening to. To, to, to play those songs. It's yeah. just amazing. But anyway, they're going to host it. Um, they'll be here the whole weekend hosting it with Lee Greenwood. Um, Charlie Cross is going to be there. Billy Crash Craddock will be there. Mm. Uh, we'll have, uh, oh, geez, Jared Neiman. We have to have one for the young ones. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be there. Tony Jackson, who's an incredible singer. Oh, just, yeah. just start, like Google Tony Jackson or go to YouTube and yeah. you'll see him all over the place. He's, such a respectful young man. And you know, here's a guy that is a Marine, yeah. uh, played for Seattle Seahawks and, and, uh, you know, went to service country and now he's singing country music and just respecting George Jones and Randy Travis and mm-hmm. people like that. Incredible. But anyway, he'll be here, but the next week it's, you know, we're loaded with bluegrass bands. I mean, it, it's really going to be big. So there's a lot of work to do up here in the Carolinas. And, uh, so we'll be up here in the fall. We head back to Florida and it's, you know, just a long list yeah. of, you know, we, we, our season starts all over again. <laughs> and we're already trying to top next year in a festival that's not till June. You know, yeah. it's like, it's it, never ending. It never stops. And uh, yeah. uh, you need eight days in a week so you can at least take one day and rest. Listen, the more I I talk with you, Ernie, it makes me want to buy a nice Prevost and just start. Oh, yeah. I want but you to. <laughs> I, need, I need to. I need to sell some of my guitars and go buy me yeah. a nice big old motorhome. But, man, I'm looking forward to seeing you, I think, the next time, uh, um, February 15th up in Palatka. Uh, it's going to yeah. be a great festival. And uh, listen, you always have a home here on the Grass Wagon Revival. And I love, man, I, appreciate it. I love picking with you too. I know we picked over in Tampa. Yeah. So, man, don't don't sell your instruments. Keep picking. Keep being innovative. Keep those festivals coming. We love it. Sounds great, buddy. Thank you so much. And if anybody has any questions about anything, that you can find our contact information at evansmediasource.com. Absolutely. And, uh, got- are, there's a ton of information there and if I haven't confused you enough and you want some more, go to evansmediasource.com and you'll find more. Yes. <laughs> so enjoy it. enjoy your day, Ernie, and thanks for being thanks, with us. Buddy. Tell Debbie hello. I'll see you soon. I'll do that. All, All right. right. Take, care. Take care, my Take friend. It.